Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, well, let me start off with a quote today. There's a great quote here from Luke chapter 2, verse 10. It says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And that is the angel speaking to the shepherds here in this Christmas season. Welcome to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. As always, I am your host, Dr. Louis Sandoval. I am joined by two very special guests today, uh, Trish and Mary Danielle, for all of our listeners. I'm sure you know them well. And we wanted to talk about a very, very special topic um, here in the Christmas season um, as we're talking about different messages we're receiving from Christ, messages from God. We want to talk a little bit about our angels and angels in general who they are, what's their purpose, how do they think, what do they mean to us. But as we get started, let's go ahead and get started here at the top of the noon hour with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of the angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke, and we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How appropriate. We always start at the top of the noon hour here with the Angelus, the prayer of the angel speaking to Our Lady. And really, more than anything else, I have two of our experts here who study under the opus. I know we talked about how none of us are really experts. We're always learning. But... You know, what a great topic to talk about and share. What was that? I'm the perpetual student. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all perpetual students. But, you know, I had thought about this show, and I had thought about really kind of, you know, wrapping our mind around this because, you know, being that angels are, are uh, supernatural beings, we don't see them uh, unless they've appeared to us from our uh, accounts. It's interesting to think about, gosh, if we do have a guardian angel, we have an angel following us, What's going on with them? What are they thinking? Who are they? What's going on? So I had to come up with a few questions, and and let me just look at the first question here. Uh, Mary Danielle, can you help us out? So just introduction to the topic. Who are the angels? What's going on? Well, the the angels are creatures. They were created by God. And um, in Genesis 1-1, we have, um, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light. And then immediately, God separates the light from the darkness. And yet the sun, moon, and stars don't exist yet. 
They don't exist till day four. So what is this? The fathers of the church tell us this is the creation of the angels. They're created as light. They are creatures who were created to um, worship God, to adore him, to live in his presence constantly. But they were created specifically. He already had in his mind that he would create man. And he made the angels to be guardians for mankind, that they would help us to to know God's will and to do God's will. They would be our godly helpers <laughs> that, that God specifically made to help us. Trish, any thoughts? Um, yeah. Um, well, I mean, just really, um, he created them to, to help us, but before we were created, they were created to serve God. Right. And so that's, you know, one of the interesting things I know before the show, we were talking about this, you know, with the angels, once they were created, they have, um, we ask what their purpose is. What, what is it that's going on? God infused them with knowledge. God let them know what was going to go on, but God gave them a mission. And so I think for the most of us, when we think of angels and we know that there are choirs of angels and there's different hierarchies, but for mo- most of us think about our guardian angel, right? It's the most basic. We grow up and our parents tell us if they're teaching us about the faith, gosh, you have a guardian angel um, and you know, pray to your guardian angel. What's the purpose of the guardian angel? You, Trish, what are your thoughts on that one? Um, really as, um, to, to guide us, um, to keep us on the, on, you know, going towards God's path and, um, really to, um, be the conduit between ourselves and God so that, um, yeah, we can hopefully, um, be with him one day for all eternity. But that's the, the role of the guardian angel is to help us get there. So it's uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mary Dan, but it sounds to me like the guardian angel's mission is us, yeah, our, our salvation. Is that fair? That, I think that's a fair thing to say. Their mission is that they're sent and they're sent to guide us, to help us to salvation. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that people say, "Well, we're scriptures. Where, where do you get the idea of guardian angels?" Well, Jesus said in the Gospels when the little children are brought to him, and he says, "He says, see that none, you do not despise one of these little ones, for their angels constantly behold my Father's face." So that every, you know, we, the church has always understood from that, that not just the little children, but that every human being, every human person has an angel assigned to them by God when, they're, when they were created so that that angel can work out his mission, which is to try and guide us to heaven. That's an interesting thought, a really, really interesting perspective uh, that you're giving me there because our guardian angels are with us all the time. Right. But they're also before the face of God all the time. That's right. So obviously, you know, bilocated <laughs> from, from, from our from our standards, from if, our you will, standards yeah. if you will, if you will, from our standards, they probably see us and they think, oh, this is just, you know, <laughs> this is too easy. You know, you guys don't even understand. But they are in the presence of God. Right. They are in, in, in right next to us all the time because they have their mission to guard each one of us. Each one of us has our own angel. Tell me, this, let me ask you a question that, that uh, might be a little bit of a tricky question, if you will, but... Um, what happens, you know, their mission is to get us to heaven. This is to help me learn. I'm going to ask an ignorant question. What happens if we sin? If we sin, did our angel fail? Did something like that happen, you know, to our listeners? What's going on? You know, they're, they're guarding us. Come on, angel, what happened? I'm supposed to follow these rules. And all of a sudden, I'm not perfect. I sin. What, what happens at that point? Well, they didn't fail. God gave us free will. You see, God created us to love him. And just like the angels have free will, the angels were given a trial in the beginning, and that's when God separates the light and the darkness. When, when the bad angels failed the trial, is, you know, will you serve is essentially what the trial was. But um, So we have a trial too. 
And the question is, will we serve God? Will we be obedient to his will? And we have a will and we have to exercise that will to choose God's will and to do things his way. And when we sin, we choose some created good or some created person over God's will for us in the moment. All wrongdoing is sin. And so the angel hasn't failed. The angel tried to get us to do what was right, tried to encourage us, and but but the angel can't force us to do what's right. We have to exercise our will to choose the good. We have to do that. And it's so if we sin, that's on us. Now here's something I heard. I don't know how much of this is true or not, and I'm not trying to be heretical. I'm just asking the question I've heard. But you because you brought something very important. You know, the angels made by God, they're in the presence of God. Obviously, some angels made different choices. Before we get into any thoughts of angels who rejected God, there was uh, there was this question that I heard one time. Don't ask me where it was, but supposedly if we sin or something like that, are angels not able to see God? I don't think that's the case because I, I don't see how that could be. You see, the angels before their trial were not in the presence of God. Satan never saw God face to face. He never did. The angels, in order to get to heaven, to actually be in the presence of God, had to pass the trial. When we sin, that's on us. That hurts our soul. But that doesn't mean the angel can't see God. The angel still sees God. Their, their angels constantly behold the face of my Father in heaven. So the good angels are never separated from God. It can't be. That's what I figured. I mean, and that's what I thought. You know, you hear different things and people are going to tell you, oh, well, if you do this, this happens, or your angel does this or that. So really, more than anything else, the angel is always going to be with us right. because that's their assignment. Right. And they're following God's will in that respect. What were you going to say, Trish? I, I've heard, and I don't know if this is um, something that I interpreted, but I had heard um, it said somewhere uh, that our angel feels bad, even though they don't feel, they don't, don't they have don't feelings, have, yeah, they don't have emotions, but it makes them unhappy when we sin. Right. But um, they know that they can just turn us around and stick us in the right direction again. But we have to, it, it is on us. We have to choose our, our you know, we, we make our own choices. Our angel doesn't choose for us. So it's not on our angel whether or not we do good or not do good. Um, it's on our angel to steer us in the right direction and say to us in our, you know, I feel like I feel like my own, um, you know, second voice, you mm -hmm. know, internal voice, that that is like my angel screaming at me all the time, <laughs> you know, knocking me upside the head. But um that that presence in in my internal being is the angel, my angel, saying, "Here, this is this is the way you should be going." Yeah. So, so That's sometimes that internal it. voice, like our conscience, almost like in the cartoons where we see the little yeah. the yeah. angel and the yeah. devil on the shoulders, and we right. know that one of them is telling us one thing, and the other one's telling right. us another. The right. eagle, the e ego, right. and the id, right? The, yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you think about it from a psychiatric, because yeah. this is interesting now, from a psychiatric perspective, from a mental health perspective, you know, we don't, unfortunately, if you don't have a uh, a spiritually based, Catholic based uh, therapist, psychologist, somebody, um, we don't necessarily go with the idea of 
good, bad decisions that are going to affect your soul. We think about ego, id, what are you feeling? How are you basing your life on based on your feelings? Things like that, which will be an interesting topic when we come back from the break. I know we're coming up on the break here, but it's an interesting perspective because we've kind of removed the idea of conscience and we've kind of gone with, let's do what feels good. We're going to talk more about that when we come back from the break. All right, and welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. Today, very, very special show with our guests, Trish and Mary Danielle. We are talking a very important topic on the angels and what that means for us. Psalms 91 verse 11 tells us, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. What a great idea that he will command his angels to guard us in all our ways. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about what is it? How do we think? Because as and, and in terms of thinking, I mean, you know, what do we think of in terms of our conscience? If we hear that little voice inside of us, if we get that little nudge sometimes spiritually that says we should be doing this or that, can we believe that that could be our guardian angel leading us in a particular direction? What do you think? Well, I think the guardian angel definitely guides and he speaks through our conscience. Our conscience is that inner judgment within us that knows the difference between good and evil. And this is why it's important to catechize little children and train them up and to, so that they can understand good and evil and know the difference. Because our intellects, because of original sin, our intellects are darkened, our will is weakened, we're inclined to evil. And we have, you know, baptism, yeah, baptism wiped away original sin, but it didn't take away its effects. We call that concupiscence. We're still oriented toward doing what's convenient, what feels good, not necessarily what is truly good and right. And yet the, the angel knows what is good for us. And as you know, Trish brought up that, you know, the angel is saddened by our sin. And, and there is that, there's a real sense. It's not, a, it's not a, a, a sadness of emotion. It's a sadness of knowledge. It's a, it's God is offended by sin. So the angels are offended by what God is offended by. So when we sin, it offends God and it, it offends the angel. You know, St. Catherine Siena once was shown the vision of a soul in the state of grace. And she said, had I not known for certainty, infallibly, that there's only one God, I was sorely tempted to worship. So the angel looks at our soul and sees our soul. And when they see our soul in state of grace, they see the reflection of God, but they know that we're a creature, so they don't worship us. They worship God. But when we sin, if it's mortal sin, that kills the life of God in our soul, and that light is put out. So they go from seeing this tremendous beauty to seeing darkness, and they want to guide us back. And so we have a conscience, which is our ability to choose right and wrong, to know the difference between good and evil, and to choose what is good and evil. And our angel is not the conscience, but the angel works through the conscience, through our judgment, to try and get us to choose the good, the true, and the beautiful, because that's what we're made for. So that is a great distinction to make for all of our listeners. If you're feeling that nudge or whatnot, that might just be you. That might just be your conscience. Don't always attribute that, that to your angel, but the angel is going to cooperate with that right? If our conscience is already telling us to do something and we're not going to listen to our conscience, the angel might further tell us, hey, listen to your conscience, right? So good, really, really good point to make because it's important to distinguish that our conscience is, it goes into our free will. Right. I'm gonna, the conscience is my free will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for against my conscience. My angel's just there to help me out, make it more robust, if you will. Um, interesting that we, we mentioned that the, uh, the emotions there, uh, uh, Mary Daniel, where you, you mentioned that, gosh, if we're in moral sin, our light 
from God is turned off. Right. Our, that eternal light of saving grace inside of us is turned off. And there is, shall we say, a sadness, almost kind of like the way a lot of people might experience the sadness going from day to night. You know, we don't see the sun anymore. There is, and I, I have patients who suffer from, you know, seasonal affective disorder. There's a little bit more depression when it's darker, right? We don't <laughs> have light. We can sense that. Uh, not that we get depressed all the time or anything like that, but there, there's a certain, something's missing. Right. The light is missing. And that's really important to consider. Now, we've talked a little bit about how angels, uh, there's not that emotion of sadness. So how do the angels think? What What is it that's going through their minds? Are there, how, how do they don't have emotions? What do we think about that? The, the angels are they're intellectual creatures. They don't have a body. We human beings have a body. And because of that, we come to know things through our senses. We garnish, gather knowledge mm-hmm. through our five senses. And then we have to process that knowledge. We have to decide what's good, what's bad, what's... Uh, we, we were made for God, and God is the true good that we were made to choose. But because of original sin, we can confuse God with his creatures. That's why we can have pagan religions where we worship the creature. And Paul talks about this in Romans. We worship the creature instead of the creator. For the angels, they don't have that problem. They know directly, and they know through and through completely. So if they if they make a choice, they know the consequences of their choice, and they know it through and through, and there's no... Um, filtering it. There's no confusion. There's no filtering it through five senses and a body that we have. So they know directly and completely there. And so when God communicates to them, they know. So would it be fair to say, I mean, great point, you know, especially where I love that we're incorporating the science, if you will, you know, the scientific part. And what I mean by that is this, when we, when we get to know something, we use our senses. Right. Right. And so if I see a liquid in a cup, I'm going to look at the color with my eyes. I'm going to maybe try to smell it and see what it, you know, what it smells like. I'm going to maybe even touch it and see how viscous it is or how, right. how liquidy, you know. So I, I'm learning about this liquid because I'm approaching it through my senses. But for an angel, they, they just look at it or shall we say they act on it or whatever it is. And they automatically know everything about it in and out. Right. No matter what. Exactly. So I, I might as a scientist say, well, what kind of liquid is it? Let me put a match to it and see if it catches fire, <laughs> right? Because I don't know. <laughs> but the angel would know automatically. If I put a match to that, it's going to catch fire. Right, right. And so that we can equate to the decision they had to make at the moment of their creation. Right. Right. So Trish, what do you know about that? Well, <laughs> I know that um, at the moment of their creation, those who um, said, yes, I will serve, did and do for all eternity they um rejoiced in it they they are serving god and whatever god's will is for them and for all of his creation right. that that's their job and they are joyful in doing that right. job that is what they were created to do whereas um the ones that chose not to serve um following the lead i guess of um Lucifer, Satan. I was going to call him Lucifer, but when he made the choice, he became Satan. Sure. Um, following Satan's lead, they they chose to go the other way. And um, really, that's, I mean, it, it's black and white. It really, truly is. Now, now here's an interesting question for you. So, Mary Danielle, tell me, tell me about this, because a lot of people sometimes, and actually I heard this one time, um, supposedly in, in the middle of an exorcism, a priest was trying to exercise a, a demon and he and he said something to the demon about, you know, why don't you just repent of your ways or something along those lines. You know, the priest mentioned some of that and the, he said that the d- demon quipped 
quipped back at him and said, you don't know your theology. And so tell me a little bit about that because all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. like a lot of people wonder, well, or actually there's actually sometimes a belief that, oh, well, at the end of the world or at the, you know, Perusia or something, uh, the demons will, you know, everybody will be saved because they're, they're, you know, the people will repent and the, de- the demons will repent. What's going on with that? The angels made a choice. Are they able to repent? Are they able to say, you know what? I changed my mind. I'll go to heaven. No, they're not. They're not able to do that. By the way, I, our son used to watch this show, Supernatural. And, you know, the angel Gabriel is working with these guys who are fighting, you know, looking out for monsters and fighting them and all this stuff. Okay. And at the end of the third or fourth season, all of a sudden, Gabriel goes rogue. And I'm like, nah, can't happen. Gabriel mm. is Gabriel. He can't go rogue. He can't. The angels make a choice. When the angels know something, they know it through and through. So the angels knew God showed them his plan. His plan was that instead of the angels communicating the light of their own knowledge to the lower creatures, the man that God was going to make, they would instead communicate to the lower creature man the image of another man, only that man would be his son. He would be a God man. When and how that was going to happen, the, none of them knew, but God would reveal it to them in, in his time. So they knew that they could either choose to serve and have eternity with God and that if they chose to serve them, that they would see God face to face. They only had mystical knowledge of God before, before their choice. Or they could choose to reject that, and then they would never see God. And they would only know eternal frustration and eternal hatred. And Lucifer was cut to the quick. He, his pride, he wanted to, so his pride was like this burning building. And it's like, no, if I, I'll have to go through that fire and, and humble myself, and, and I will not serve. And then Michael cries out, who was like God. And so he cannot repent because he knew without a doubt there was absolute sure knowledge. We can't understand that because we as human beings don't have that kind of knowledge. So would you say it would be fair, because sometimes uh, some of our listeners or anybody who's interested in deliverance and whatnot are always worried about, am I going to go to hell? How am I going to make that last choice? Would you say it would be fair to say, gosh, when I'm before the presence of God, I'm going to be faced, shall I say, with a fire that I have to go through to repent for my sins, to make it to heaven, to if I'm in purgatory or something along those lines, uh, or no, actually not purgatory, before purgatory. D- how is it that somebody could choose to go to hell? Does that make sense? Well, th- the reality is, is... As human beings, when we choose, we do have, and this is why, as a matter of fact, when, when the souls in hell, they're not getting the punishment they deserved for their, for, their, for their, the human souls in hell, they don't get the punishment they deserve for their crimes. And they will have to admit that. But the reality is, is we can know enough, okay? We know God's law. We know what his law is. We know what serious moral evil is, all the Ten Commandments. If we break them belligerently and in defiance of the law, that's all serious evil. That's all serious moral evil. And if we choose it with freedom, remember, you has, it has to be freely chosen in order for it to be a real human act. That's why I remember once a theologian said that Adam and Eve sinned out of fear. Well, if Adam and Eve sinned out of fear, then their sin wasn't mortal. And how, did it, sure. how was it justified that they lost grace? And no. Because yeah, it was compromised at that point, right? Exactly. They didn't sin out of fear. They, they sinned out of um, <laughs> covetousness. They wanted... Lucifer presented to them that God's keeping something from you. He has a knowledge that he hasn't given you. So so would it be fair to say, as we were talking about, I think a little bit about this before, and let me see if I was clear. It's not so much that somebody, even the angels, choose to go to hell. It's that they choose to go away from God, and the option is hell. Exactly. They turn themselves, they turn away from God, and where are they to go? Yeah, that, that, and, that's... and that was, God had to create hell. 
And it's interesting because in the gospel, when Jesus, you know, separates the, the goats from the sheep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he says, he says to the goats, out of my sight, you condemned into that everlasting fire, which was created for Satan and his angels. Ah, uh, you know, I don't know that I ever picked up on that nuance. Trish, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Enough said, right? That's all, folks. Um, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, really, that it, there's there's no mixing of words there. You, you know exactly what he's talking about. So, um, yeah, I don't think, um, I think where, where us humans um, continually fail, myself included with that, is... Um, we know the difference between right and wrong, and yet we still find ourselves <laughs> repeating the sin. You, you mean know? we make excuses? We feel sorry for ourselves? Uh, sure. Gosh. Wow. And um, I know my poor confessors. Um, I feel like I'm always uh, going to a confession <laughs> whining about the same sins that I'm repeating. And that that is a, a real fear in the back of my head going, when is enough going to be enough? Like, when can I no longer repent for this? But I think that that's where we can make a fair distinction between an angelic intellect and a human intellect. Because God, even Jesus said, we're going to, you got to forgive seven times 70. And for him, that means always, he's always going to forgive us. The angels can't make that choice because they knew to the end point what their, the consequence of their decision. And so once an angel chooses to go against God, cannot come back because it's a much more different decision than ours where we are still kind of clouded, shall we say, and have that moment of God's mercy. Well, thank you so much. When we come back from the break, we're going to continue talking to Trish. Mary Danielle, thank you so much for being with us, and we'll see you after the break. All right. Welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Mary Danielle, you're going to stay with us? I just, I, talking about the angels is so exciting. And I, I love the talk. Good. I love that. All the better. I love the topic. All right. Well, so as we continue to talk about the angels here on the Dr. Lou Sandoval show, um, we are joined by Trish and Mary Danielle. We had a very, very interesting conversation because first, you know, if you're joining us, if you're just joining us, we talked about who the angels are, what their purpose was as for being created and serving God, how they think in terms of their thought process, the fact that they see things intellectually and they make decisions on the fly and their decisions have eternal consequences, which as for us, luckily we are in time and space. And so we can actually, you know, I always, I love that movie back to the future because <laughs> it gave me the idea when I watched it as a kid and it gave me the idea of time travel and all that. But I always say one of the most important time travels we do is actually when we go to confession Amen. because we get into confession and we get into the time travel booth and talk about the past and erase our sins and whatnot. And I'm like, that's the most interesting time travel I have ever thought of because our decisions are not hard and fast. The angels don't go into that time travel. They make a decision. They're always moving forward. We're moving. We're kind of in this flux between being in the state of grace, out of the state of grace, moving through time. Well, one of the things that I found interesting, knowing that the angels think that way, that their decisions are hard and fast and made that decision, I always found it interesting. Let me start by just talking a little bit about mental health. You know, when somebody comes into my office, I, I find out about them because of what they say to me. I ask questions and, and they tell me what's on their mind. And that's how I know what they think, how they're thinking, what their purpose is. And, you know, as far as angels, what do you guys know about how they think is based on their messages and what they have said? Mm-hmm. General question, but take it any way you want. You want to start? 
Well, they, they come and they bring God's message. And what's interesting is in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, when an angel appears to someone and, um, okay, you have the book of Tobit and Tobias is led by the angel Raphael. And the whole time mm -hmm. Raphael appears to be a man. And in the end, he has to reveal who he is because they want to pay him. You know, it's like, <laughs> That's right. your gifts don't He's always depicted with the coins, right? And, yeah. and then when they find out he's an angel, they want to fall down. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just a, a fellow servant. I'm a fellow servant. And, and so they, they don't expect worship from us. They don't expect us to exonerate them and put them up on a pedestal. They are serving the Lord God. And that's what they want us to do. And the same in the book of revelation, John, he, you know, the angel is showing him things. And, and at one point he, he he's, he's going to fall down and worship. And, and the angel says, no, 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 no. I'm a fellow servant like you. Okay. And so you have a couple of places in the beginning of the book of Revelation. It's the I am who appears to John. It's the Alpha and the Omega. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, John falls down as dead because it's it's God. It's it's Jesus. And and so so the angels, they are fellow servants with us, and that's how they see themselves. They are here to serve us, and in serving us, they please God. And this is their whole desire. This is their whole reason for being. And actually, that's why we were made. We were made for union with God. And this is what the angels live. They live this union with God. They see God, as you said, face to face. They live in his presence. The good angels live in his presence constantly. And even though they guide us, they're still in the presence of God. And it's not, it's, it's that for the angel, there is no time and space because they don't have a body. They're outside of time and space. So they can be with us and be with God at the same time. It's interesting that you say that, you know, because when you learn about the different, uh, the, the angelic uh, species, shall we say, the spirit, they've never, being that they are much more intellectual than us, since they're full intellect, they can actually probably see a lot of our trajectory. They could very easily manipulate us if they wanted to, right? But they never do, not the angels, no. Because the angels will always point us to God. I, I think back to like the apparition of Fatima. Okay. And when the angel yeah. came and he told the children, what are you doing? I think they were dancing or playing. He said, right. what are you doing? What are you, doing? You, you have a mission from God. I'm here to bring you back. It's like that guiding you back right. to God. And all he did was teach them prayers. He never said, like you said, don't bow down to me. He never even said that. No. He said, these are the prayers you need to bow. And he brought the Eucharist. And he said, let's bow before the Eucharist. Yeah. Interesting that everything gets inversed. Yeah. If we follow the enemy, the other, if we follow the enemy, because all of a sudden they're no longer God's messengers. What do they want? Normally, we see this in deliverance and whatnot. They want to be worshipped themselves. They they want to be their own God. They show up and they want us to follow them versus follow God. That's all you're left with. Have you ever heard any of, of that, Trish? Oh yeah. Or noticed that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, listening to some of uh, the talks from Father Ripperger, for example, and how. Um, when one of the talks I kind of focused in on was um, he was basically having a conversation with a demon, um, which is creepy to think about. But um, he noticed that the demon would be completely repulsed every time he mentioned either Mary or Jesus. When he would say those names, the demon would shriek. And um, I think he asked why. And it was because um, the demon had absolutely no power in the presence of even the name. You mentioned the name. He had no power wow. at all wow. just just because of that. Sure. So um, for me, with um, when I think of my guardian angel, correct me if I'm wrong in this, in this thought process, Mary Danielle, but 
I think of my angel as being my conduit directly to Jesus Christ and also to my Blessed Mother Mary. Um, my prayers with and to my um, guardian angel, um, he takes them directly to right. them. Right. And so for, for me, knowing that I have this, mm -hmm. this guardian, this, this <laughs> being who is watching over me, making sure that I'm not getting myself into trouble, making sure that um, trouble isn't finding me, so yeah. protecting me. Yeah. Um, and, and Lord knows I have a very busy angel um, <laughs> because, you know, it, it, there's just so many examples I can think of when I look back on my life yeah. and my yeah. the crazy things that I've done in my life. Sure, and, but I think that that's so important. I mean, but, I think it's a great distinction for our listeners to understand sometimes because we think we're praying to our guardian angel. A lot of times we get caught up in praying uh, for ourselves, my, you know, gosh, I really want to do this. This is an exception. I know that it's normally bad, but in this case, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to make an exception for my sins. I mean, we, we easily fall into that trap just because we're human and, and we, we sometimes like the easier path, but I think that that's some, a, a really important distinction to make. If we're going to be listening to our guardian angel, it's always going to lead us back to God. Right. He's never going to make any excuses because his decision was already hard and fast for God. So he can't change that anymore. No. He's not going to change anything other than talk to me about God or we're not having a conversation <laughs> and let's bring you to God. Versus if all of a sudden you're feeling nudged another way, like, oh, I'm feeling actually some comfort in that I can do this even though normally it's wrong. Then you got to ask yourself, where are you getting that message from? Is it your own conscience that you that you are making a free uh, a choice or do you feel like you know the other side is whispering as well yeah. you know just like in the cartoons telling you it's okay this time to sin because i think our guardian angel a true angel and uh, who who does not fallen will never ever accept even uh, one iota of sin versus obviously if we're dealing with a demonic force or something more evil um they're going to accept all and all they want is two inches and then that's it you know they, they got you they got a hundred percent they want two percent and they'll get a hundred um but what are your what are your thoughts on that mary danielle well the, the the thought here is and and this is that the um we can never do any good without god's help no true good is ever done on this earth without the help of god which means the angel is at work okay but we don't need like you said it could either be our conscience choosing to sin or the devil but we don't need the devil's help to sin because of original sin, we can't, Philip Wilson was wrong. It wasn't the devil who made you do it. I was going to say, but the devil made me do it. What are you talking about? <laughs> the devil made me do it. <laughs> no, if we, we choose to sin. It's actually a free will choice. If it's a sin, we made a free will choice. And the devil may have nudged us in that direction, but we don't need his help to sin. Because at the end of the day, when we're calling on our sin and we say, but he, the devil's always going to say free will. Yeah, you chose it, it. Right. and all of a sudden he runs away. I remember I heard a talk on uh, Fulton Sheen who gave a really, really nice uh, comparison, and he said, you know, before we sin, yeah. it's it's uh, Jesus and your angels telling you don't, and they sound like the evil person, don't do this, they sound restrictive, and the demon's saying, come on, do it, why not, it's fine. He said, and then right after we commit the sin, he's all, the tables turn. Yes. Then all of a sudden you do it, and the demon himself who was telling you, oh, do it, it's fine, says, <gasps> What did you do? Yeah. And now Jesus and the angels trying to bring you back out of that shame and right. out of that fallen nature. Right. So it's really interesting, you know, for our listeners, I want them to make that clear distinction that, you know, if you ever get the feeling that sometimes it's okay to do what might, what we know in our conscience to be wrong or with, uh, go against what the church teaches. And even though we might feel that way, right. um, it's not, it's not going to be okay. Yeah. Right. And what are your thoughts on feelings? What are your thoughts on feelings versus intellect? 
Well, the reality is, is I, something I've discovered in life is our feelings don't always authentically represent reality. That I can feel something to be a certain way and it's not. And particularly when there's been trauma in someone's life or even emotional neglect. And, and oftentimes we feel, and it's one of the big things, um, let's say someone who suffers from something called emotional deprivation. They weren't loved enough as an infant. So they feel unloved and unlovable. And, and as they go through life, they have this constant feeling of being unloved and they don't know why. They're constantly trying. There's a book by Conrad Bars called Born Only Once. And he talks about this. And it's a very short book and anybody could read it. It's kind of a self-diagnostic book. Are you suffering from emotional deprivation? Were you not loved enough, held enough as an infant, assured that you were loved and you were lovable? Because it, it creates, uh, what happens is when a, when a little baby's crying and they're not picked up and loved, then the message inside of them becomes, you're not lovable. And this isn't an intellectual thing. This is an emotional reality. And the emotions are real, but you are lovable and you are loved. And I'm sorry if your mother couldn't hold you and give you the love you needed, but you're still loved and you're still lovable and you have to unlearn that lie. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, our feelings can tell us lots of things that aren't true. And I've, I've heard people say things that I'm like, well, I know you and I've seen your life and I see what's going on and what you're saying doesn't, doesn't mesh try. with reality. Yeah, and so that's very important. And we do this in, in mental health all the time. We always challenge emotions, right? People come in and they tell me that they're feeling anxious or depressed and we gotta challenge that. Why is that what's going on in your life? Because the emotions are not always what is true. Right. Um, and the reality is, you know, if we do get a message from an, from an angel, a message from God, it might actually not even feel good. Chris, you were telling me, I remember you were <laughs> before truth. the show. Yeah, well, you're going to get <laughs> you're gonna get a little bit of the truth. But Trish, I, I remember you were telling me um, the message to St. Joseph, mm-hmm. right? An angel appeared to him. And what do, what does he tell St. Joseph? The few times we hear about St. Joseph in the gospel. Do not be afraid. Yeah. Do not be afraid. But he also gave him a, a, a mission. You were telling tell me about his mission. He's got to get up and go. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. it, can't, it probably can't feel too good to, to be like, hey, I've got a newborn here or a one-year-old or two-year-old or whatever age he needed to get to, to Egypt. Somebody's yeah. trying to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's Somebody going to kill, kill my ba- this baby. Get up, yeah. move to Egypt, a whole other country. Well, where where your ancestors were enslaved. Exactly. Go back. <laughs> yeah. Go back to the place of slavery. And that's and that's God's mission for you. Normally, oh. I, we'd be like, no, that doesn't feel good. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. But God's mission for us, our path in life, doesn't always feel good. We're going to talk more about this when we come back from the break. Very interesting conversation on the angels, the role they're playing in our lives, and not how to not fall into the pits of following the wrong angels. More after the break. All right. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. Today we have Trish and Mary Danielle, and we are talking about angels and how they work in our lives. Before the end of the show, before uh, this segment, on the last segment, at the end of the last segment of the show, we talked about feelings and emotions. And, you know, what does that mean when it comes to angels who are all intellect? Well, here, let me throw this one at you guys. You know, I feel so good about my angels, especially around this time of year, you know, the holiday season, they paint these cute little baby angels <laughs> and I see them and they call them cherubims. Oh. And, you know, and you know what else is coming up is Valentine's Day. So there's going to be little angel Cupid, you know, all these little, they're so cute. Can I, you know, is that what my guardian angel looks like? And can, you know, they're so cute. Can I name them? Can I take care of my guardian angel like that? What's going on with that? <laughs> I had a niece who used to say, those insipid little angels. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Trish, can you name your guarding angel? No. No, the church says no. We don't no. name, we have, we have, as a matter of fact, the church gives, there's three names of angels in the scripture, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And those are the only three names we are to use that we have. 
Um, and are the angels, I mean, think about it. If your angel is a guardian and he's a fierce warrior, remember there was a war fought in heaven. Uh, you know, beginning of Genesis doesn't describe it. Go to Revelation 12, war broke out in heaven. Mm-hmm. There was a war. Your angel is a warrior. Yes, he's a warrior. And um, he's fierce and he's, you know, it's like that. The, the people in the, in the book of Tobit, in the, in the scriptures, when, when people have a vision of the angel, they want to worship. They're, they fall down before him. There's this, this light and this power because our angels reflect the light of God and the power of God. They're majestic. Mm. They're majestic. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and that's interesting to think about because you make a really, really good point. I think that we get distracted by these images of these cute little, you know, almost uh, a teddy bear type uh, angels. Yeah. Like a little pet. And I think sometimes we think that we can uh, have dominion over our angels or authority over our angels or, or own them in a way, if you will. But I want to make sure our listeners understand we can't name our angels. We don't have authority over our angels. Mm -hmm. And to give you the image of how much your angel is a warrior, Mary Daniel brings up a great point. Your angel was there because the angels were already created. God is not Mm -hmm. creating more angels, correct? Right. As far as we know, theologically speaking. He didn't. He he did not. So your angel was there at that battle. He was there. Your angels already fought. He's a tried and true warrior. He's not just a, a random angel. He was there at the battle. He already fought, and now he's taking care of you. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if either of you ladies know this, but a thought came to my mind. Did God assign the angel to me, or did the angel get to choose who gets he gets assigned to? My understanding is that God assigns God assigns, the God assigns us the angels. Yes. Because God knows us well. And, God's, and, and, and interesting, because St. Thomas tells us each angel is their own species. Yes, correct. So each angel, uh, they might not be the way that we depict them or the way we, you know, they appear to us as, as almost human form from what people have said, but we really don't know what the angel itself looks like, right? Because they're purely spiritual beings, mm-hmm. no bodies, and God assigned them to us. <laughs> and so I got to, I got to imagine that if God knows who we are better than we know ourselves, he handpicked the right angel to go with us. That's right. Exactly. Isn't that, oh, what a thought. What I a, know. How... How special, yeah, is that? Yeah, just to know that um, when when we the very moment that we were conceived, our angel was there already. Yeah, and and, and tailored for you, not just. Yeah, I can't swap angels with anybody. Else. It won't no. work. Right, no. my angel, right. my angel. But at the same time, since my angel will then. I guess we got to mesh or get along or know each other really well because God, you know, he's following God's will and God, what can I ask him? How do I address my angel? What do I do? I'm not going to name him. He's a mighty warrior. Should I be afraid of him? Like, how do I talk to my angel? Just address him by his, his title. He is your angel. So dear angel, that's how I start my prayer. Dear angel, whole angel, um, and I and I start with a simple guardian angel prayer, and then and then I have a full on conversation. Sure. So um, it is very personal, yes. very extremely yes. personal. So you can I talk to my angel as if we are friends, but I still have the utmost respect for right. my angel. Right. So I mean, as though I'm addressing you, your doctor, your doctor Sandoval. I don't just go. <laughs> Hey, dog. I mean, yeah. sometimes I do if I'm joking, but you know, um, right. the Pope. You would never, you would never walk up to the Pope, having never seen him in person or known him before he was Pope, um, and just say, "Hey, Frank." 
<laughs> you make you make an interesting point though because okay so that's a great point I, the, the image of the pope and the pope has an office an yes. office he has the office of the pope and it doesn't matter who the the man is in that office he he has that office and so pope after pope francis whoever our next pope is is, is now pope and we address him with the same respect every pope gets the same respect because the office gets respect right. i think it's good for our listeners to understand the the title of angel is an office. Mm-hmm. So it's just no, no different than, than Pope. You're angel, so that's an office. That means that you have a duty. And I think that if we understand that, whoever my guardian is who has the office of being my angel, whoever that whoever uh, is in that position um, needs to get garner that respect, one, I realize that. And two, I, they have a mission. So the Pope has to leave the church on earth. And when I talk to him and I address him, I'm going to address him knowing that. And obviously my questions to him, my conversation with him will be with regard to, wow, you're the Pope. I might ask silly questions like, how does it feel? Are you, you know, are you scared? What's your job? Kind of, oh, you lead all these people. What kind of prayers do you recommend? Everything's going to go towards that mission he has for his office. I think as angels, if they're there to guide us and guard us towards salvation and getting closer to God, I should address him knowing that office. And, and if I'm going to pray to my angel, say, please guide my, so you're here to help me on my mission. What's my mission today? Please help mm-hmm. me understand my mission today. Please guide me towards my mission today. I shouldn't use it as a thought of like, oh, this is my spiritual buddy who's going to give me special spiritual clairvoyance. <laughs> right. Or give fair? me what I want. Or give me, exactly. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? He'll and steer you to where you need. What, what's interesting about the angels is that, you know, their, their mission, they're sent. We can also send our angels. And, and here's, this is the part of the reverence for their office and part of the, the but the closeness and the personalness that, um, yeah, they're not there to serve our wants. They're not there to make us feel good. They're there to direct us toward apu deum, toward God, to orient us toward God. And we can send our angel to talk to the angels of other people. My holy guarding angel, would you go talk to the angel of my husband, my son, my daughter, mm-hmm. and, and ask their angel to surround them with their love and protection mm-hmm. and help them to do their duty. We can send our angel on mission. We can send our angels to assist at the Holy Mass for us. Wait a minute. I don't want to be without my angel. If I send my angel somewhere, I'm on my own. No, they're not bound by time. Ah, yes. <laughs> so they can help others without right. ever leaving our side. They can go They can go adore Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament for us. If I'm a mother at home and I'm taking care of a sick child, it was always clear to me when my children were growing up, you know, I like to go to daily Mass. I, I believe it's important to go to daily Mass. I love God. I want to live in a loving relationship with Him. When you love someone, you want to spend time with them. And I'm like, Lord, you know what? My kids are sick. My place today is at the bedside of my children, but I can send my angel to assist at the Mass. Mm-hmm. I can send my angel to visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and to greet Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament for me and to ask mm-hmm. Him to place me on the patent and place my sick child on the patent. <laughs> now, Trish, did you ever hear of that, of being able to send your guardian angel? Um I, to send my guardian angel um, to speak to other angels on on behalf of like like a prayer intention. I I want to um, I ask my angel to go speak to, for example, my husband's angel, and have my husband's angel speak to him. <laughs> and sure. for, for you know my daughters and for my family members my loved ones my my neighbors and for strangers um for the homeless yeah speak to their angels yeah. and help them to get the help they need um that is that's one of my common prayers every day in my my daily rosary um when i pray to my blessed mother i know yeah. that my angel is praying with me yeah um, in, in helping me send my prayers to her so that she can present them to Jesus. But um, 
hadn't thought about asking my angel to go to the Blessed Sacrament okay. yeah, in, my, in well, my absence. Well, did you ever hear, but, um, I, if I recall correctly, I think Padre Pio would send his angel or yes. request his angel yeah. or something like yeah. that. So that's where I remember. I remember first hearing that, you know, angels can help uh, help us, but also help each other. Uh, we can request for them to please go help somebody else or, or right. talk to yeah. somebody else or talk to them. And it's interesting. Pope John Twenty Third was asked by the ambassador, um, the, the ambassador to the Vatican from Russia, when the Cuban Missile Crisis was going on and Kennedy and Khrushchev were at loggerheads. And um, the the ambassador from Russia called Pope John the twenty third Pope John yeah the twenty third and said would you intervene these two world leaders are they're going to start a nuclear war neither of them are going to give in and the Pope said well I I will do what I can he spent that night in prayer and in the morning before he made a phone call he sent his angel to talk to the angel of Khrushchev and the angel of Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And he called both leaders. And what's interesting, and I always found this so interesting, Nikita Khrushchev, his, his ships were already on their way across the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. He gave the order for those ships to turn around and come back. But the Pope had spent the night in prayer and he sent his angel to speak to their angels before he called them. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. I think sometimes this is where I want to demystify the idea of the angels being these little cute, you know, <laughs> uh, images that we see all the time because I think it's easy for us to fall into that uh, mentality because it feels good, right? It yeah. feels good to see them. It's so cute. It, it warms our little, our hearts to see cute little things like that. And, and the reality is I want to say, you know, when we're teaching our kids about angels, I, I would dare even say, try not to put up those images yeah. around the house. Yeah. Um, you know, put up the image of St. Michael with a sword, put up the image of, of a warrior, of, of who the angel really is, because that's that's who they are. They battled um, and they're battling for us, you know, every day yeah. um, as they're next to us. Interesting. Um, on that same idea, but almost um opposite you know how you see images of many angels as looking um feminine and beautiful and i was told and i again i can't remember who said this to me um it was not father wolfgang because father wolfgang is you know you you can't assign even a vision of angels you don't know what they 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 truly look like like, yeah. yeah um and so i understand that but in, in many occasions, you see these beautiful um, hair flowing and everything, but not gendered. And because they are emulating the image of the Blessed Mother and oh, of Christ. Well, that's beautiful. So that was kind of an wow. interesting thing because when you when some of the saints have, have created um, visions or, or um, depictions, what they saw... Um, when they had an interaction, a physical interaction with an angel, and it was a beautiful creature yeah. um, that looked human-like. Um, that's what I think of right. when I think of my angels and how powerful that can be in itself because God created them, and they must be so incredibly beautiful. Yeah, that's, a, you know, that's amazing, and what a great conversation. What a great topic we've had. I know we're coming here to the end of the show, but you <laughs> I, know, I could talk about angels for forever, you yes. know, definitely. Yes. Uh, infinite creatures uh, uh, and non-corporeal, spiritual. I think of nothing else I want our speakers to remember. Our angels are powerful. Our angels are there, there to guide us. And to always remember that as we're keeping the angels uh, in mind and in prayer, that you know they're going to help us and they're going to get us to heaven. Right? They love us like God does. That's right. They love us like God does and even more. That's their mission. All right. This is Dr. Sandoval saying thank you for joining us here on the Dr. Sandoval Show. And until next week, let's keep it Catholic.